Steve. I'm Byron. And we are Old Guys Bitching. And I have a bitch. I have a bitch to start things off today. I came home yesterday. I came in. Now, I usually I drive into my garage and I come in through my garage door and I can see the back of the house and I can see like the glass door and everything to the patio. And there's a kid. There's a little kid running around in my backyard. I have a fenced yard. At least I did until yesterday. And what happened? I took a few steps forward and half the fence had fallen over. Oh my goodness gracious. And you know what the problem was? It wasn't the kid. kid. No, the kid had nothing to do with it. He just took an opportunity where he saw one and it was the wood rotted out at the bottom. Ouch. So it's a wooden fence then? It's a wooden fence. I have a beef with wood. I mean, I think that rots in more ways than one. (laughs) Well, you are in the Pacific Northwest, where there does seem to be a great deal of moisture in the air, or often falling from the air. Well, we've had a lot falling, yeah. Wood and uh, moisture don't mix. You should have uh, weather-sealed that sucker. Well, it it came with the house. Oh, well. I bought the house. The fence was already there. Um, And it was already, it looked a little iffy. And uh, my inspector actually said, uh, you might want to do something about that fence. And I had a neighbor built a back deck for me. And he said, oh, you know, yeah, I could do the fence too. So we said, okay, we got some time. No, we don't. <laughs> well, you know, int- interesting that you bring this up. Do you ever listen to The Moth, The Moth uh, radio show? No. Well, it's a very interesting storyteller uh, show, and uh, about two weeks ago, there was an episode with a uh, a gentleman telling a story of his uh, his child, who I'm, I gather is about ten or eleven years old, and the child suffers from uh, autism and Tourette's. Mm. What? What? <laughs> I don't know how anybody how? deals with that. How does that work? <laughs> but anyway, they have a chain link fence. So the kid was going out uh, every day. This took him months. And uh, little wires uh, connect the fence to the fence posts and that sort of thing. They hadn't been paying real close attention. And the kid had been uh, taking off those connector wires all the way down the fence. Oh. And uh, so he looks out one day, and his fence has fallen. And he says to the kid, you know, I know you you probably can't really tell me why you did this, but uh, if you have some sort of explanation, I would appreciate it. And the kid said, I'm uh, I'm going to look for Oscar. Oscar? Oscar. And he says, yes, Oscar on Sesame Street. (laughs) (laughs) So... So he said, okay, well, that's great. Uh, You go inside. Let me see what I can do about the fence. Kid goes inside, and all the guy can do at this point, because it's almost sundown, is he props the fence back up. Then the next day, he looks out in his backyard, fences down again, and the kid has taken the rail that runs along the top of the fence. It's about 20 feet long. And he is now swinging that sucker in the air, and he's swinging toward a transformer on an electric pole. And that's when Dad got it. He had to run out and say, oh, uh, that's not a trash can. That's not where Oscar lives. And, oh. Oh, <laughs> and Oscar lives on Sesame Street, not up there, nor do any of Oscar's relatives live up there. <laughs> but, 
Uh, you know, I, I just feel for the guy. I feel for the kid having to endure that sort of issue, lifelong Tourette's and autism. But you know, you know, the worst thing about the whole fence incident for me was when I moved in here, I had vowed not to be the old guy on the block that yells, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. And now I have to be. <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> well, you know, now, now that we both have spiffy new microphones and we can record it, you can just do that on a loop. And, uh, and and just play it, you know. Uh, you can put a speaker in the front, speaker in the back, and it runs continually. Well, that's got You know, I have. I I'm I'm a, a somewhat of a computer geek, even though you know people our age are not supposed to be into technical stuff. But I am, and and I know, you know, if if I was a teenager today, I'd be sitting in my parents' basement, you know, playing with a computer instead of going outside. I, I I had all this stuff set up, and then last weekend, as we record this, was uh, daylight savings. So we sprung ahead, and it messed up all my home tech. All my smart devices got stupid. Oh, did they forget to leap forward? Oh, I had yeah. They don't. It, even though the phone leaped forward, all the device I had to delete everything and start over again. Oh man. I Fair. hate it when that happens. Never well, happened very, to me. <laughs> you don't have enough toys. We need toy more toys. I need more toys. Oh, jeez. This, this is because I have no life. So toys would be good. Well, leaping into my uh, my bitch this week, and uh, this is my bitch this week. It's one of my old standard bitches. I just have to deal with it because it's Vegas. And road construction, the major intersection, the intersection between the I-15 and U.S. 95, which is, oh, just imaginatively called the Spaghetti Bowl. Uh, and yeah, when I moved here, I thought, yeah, right, that's kind of like uh, a place where I came from that had a place called the Useless Overpass. But no, it, it is actually the state name of this intersection. It's closed down. You can't go north, south, east, or west on the uh, the major freeways in Vegas now. Why? Because they're they're going to replace the whole thing at once, I guess. But anyway, what they didn't tell you, or I suppose they did. I just don't pay attention to local media. I don't, you know. So, so what <laughs> what they did was. Last Friday and Saturday nights, they actually closed north-south routes in downtown Las Vegas, which normally wouldn't matter to me. You know, I'm an old guy, don't really go out that much, but I did go out to see a play. And uh, this particular theater, which is located uh, Fremont East, uh, it has its own parking, which is great. You don't have to pay an arm and a leg to park there. So I park in the lot, go to see the play, play's pretty good, come out, I'm going to leave, I uh, get in my car, I back out, I'm behind two other cars that are going out of the parking lot, we go to the end of the parking lot to come to the street, turn right, that road's closed. So now we have to make consecutive UEs, and now there are more cars behind us that are leaving that parking lot. So we all make a consecutive UE, and we go down to the other end of the block, and it's barricaded with road closed. 
Okay. So so then we have to come back, go through the parking lot. Now, we have a caravan now. There is, it's like that old song, we got us a convoy. So we're going out. Now, this next street, it's one way going to the right. So we turn right, get down to the end of that block. Yep, barricaded. So the two guys in the front vehicle leap out. They run over, they grab the barricade, they haul it over to the side. We say good for them, and we all drive through. So so that's how we escape there. And then normally the drive from me, for me to that theater, that's like uh, 20, 25 minutes, took me an hour and 15 minutes because of all the detours, all the state troopers in the middle of intersections trying to arrange traffic while getting abused by drivers passing through. Was there something going on? Was a UFO landing or a nuclear <laughs> bomb going off? Uh, that, that would have been the best explanation. But no, I guess they were taking surveys of what it's going to take to take those overpasses out and re- replace them. And they just chose a Friday night to do it. Yeah, all the downtown casinos love that. <laughs> so. I am. I think. I think we've talked about this before. But I. I work in a lovely little town uh, called Issaquah. Mm-hmm. Now, Issaquah is a very quaint little town, except there are way too many businesses there and way too many people. I mean, there's way too many people in the Seattle area to begin with. I, I, you know, come on, Kim Jong Un. We could use a little nuking here. It would help traffic <laughs> tremendously. But but you can't get through. They have their lights are so screwed up that if you hit one red light, you're going to hit every red light driving down the street. And let one little street section go into maintenance for some reason, and you're not going anywhere. So it's mo- often from 2 o'clock till about 6 or 7, it's gridlock. Woof. Well, you know, that's how it is all the time in L.A., I found out. I'm about to go right. and, and conduct rehearsals for my new play in L.A., and uh, uh, I've just I, I've been looking into a private air ca- aircraft just to go to the grocery store. <laughs> I I want to see that. I want to see <laughs> that would that would be awesome. Just I could see Byron flying through the air in his private flying car. By well, the way, you know they are they are working on flying cars. Just as if as if traffic on the road isn't bad enough, we are going to have flying cars within a few years. And that's going to be fantastic. Of course, you know what I would say is invest in rubber bands right now because it's going to take a big rubber band uh, to uh, to power those cars. Remember now, you see, I remember, but anybody younger than uh, 50 is probably not going to remember. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The old 10-cent balsa wood uh, airplanes in the, in the grocery stores. Oh, man. I, you know, those were great. You, you could get a good two and a half minutes of entertainment before you crashed and burned. You know, and, and I, um, I, did you hear the news today as we record this? They, uh, uh, Toys R Us announced that they are closing all their stores. All I... their U.S. stores are going belly up. And, I, you know, now I don't go to Toys R Us, 
anymore. I'm probably part of the problem for them is that everybody has turned to buying stuff online. Not, I mean, now I only buy toys for my grandchildren, not for myself. For me, it's got to be a, a smart home device. That's the kind of toys I like. But the uh, but Toys R Us is closing, and I have to admit, I felt a little sad this morning when I really, heard that. really, because over on this side, I was just cheering. I hated Toys R Us shopping there when uh, when my daughter was very, very young because I like stores like FAO Schwartz, which I guess is also closing, but because it that was a fun store, you could go and you could play with the stuff. Oh yeah, FAO Schwartz when we were in New York was great, but when once you move to the West Coast, there's no more FAO Schwartz. Yeah, well, maybe the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> we, you know, in fact, when I first moved to this area, there was a Schwartz Brothers delicatessen that had halfway decent deli. Now, you're not going to find really good deli outside of New York, if you can even find deli in New York anymore. Um, but it was like a, the only deli around, and now there's like nothing, although I hear there is one going in the Capitol Hill area. So we'll just have to wait and see what that's like. Oh, yeah. Well, something else I got to bitch about, uh, although this is a, more of a positive bitch than anything, I am so proud of <laughs> all of the students who walked out oh. who walked out in protest of the gun laws, which allows uh, any idiot to buy a gun. And, you know, the NRA, they say, oh, well, you know, guns don't kill people, but it's people kill people and you want to say it's people with guns killing people that's right that's exactly right now yes they can do damage you know they always say well you can kill people with knives you can kill people with a baseball bat well yes you can but it takes a little more effort and it takes a little more time to kill more than one person yeah. with a gun you can wipe out Tons of people in seconds. Yeah, here in Vegas, you know, last October 1st, we had the guy kill 58 and wound more than 500. Right. Uh, just down in Parkland, uh, what, 17, which is 17. awful. Awful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I believe that we got us a good children's crusade, and we should stand behind them. I have already um, favorited... Uh, a couple of them on Twitter and Facebook because I think these kids are magnificent. And it is exactly what we need because, let's face it, adults are screwing up the country. And now here comes my bitch. And that is there have there were scattered schools across the country, uh, notably in New Jersey and in Arkansas and in Atlanta, where uh, the school administrations forbade the uh, students from walking out with all sorts of threats like this will go on your permanent record yeah there's stuff on my permanent record that <laughs> that i did that somehow never affected me but but in arkansas uh the the students were faced with corporal punishment corporal punishment if they walked out that's awful you know that's where i say arm the students uh, but, you know, there was some what one governor actually said their walkout was shameful. Um, that governor should be <laughs> shot. Pardon the pun. But uh, no, I don't I really don't advocate. Well, here's anybody. how they can take care of that. Uh, a pie in the face would be great. <laughs> that. And here's what can happen, because, you know, voting age is 18. All the 18 year olds in his, in his state 
should go vote for whoever is running against him. And uh, that is the kind of armament we need, voting. Right, right. Yeah, I, we, we definitely, and in fact, I know there has been talk about lowering the voting age to 16. And I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, before this whole incident, I would have said 16 is too young. Kids aren't ready. They're not knowledgeable enough to vote. But watching these kids and hearing them speak, who are 16, 17, 18, I'm changing that because these kids are very bright, very intelligent, and I see some of the idiot adults that they interview on TV at various elections, and it's like the the 16-year-olds can't do any worse than the 60-year-olds. And I have one more thing to throw in about these uh, Parkland kids that got this started uh, and started speaking to the media. These kids, okay, let me let me step back to when you and I were in high school sometime, you know, in the uh, Pleistocene era. Uh, yeah, do you remember back that far? I tried. I, sometimes I remember. But uh, now I went to high school in the South, and I, I don't know how much this happens outside of the South. It's certainly uh, somewhat of a religion in Texas. But the students who uh, were the leaders, who were uh, recognized— they were all the jocks. They were the football team. They were the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And I have sort of tracked some of their careers, and some of them went on to do great things, but most of them sell shoes and insurance. And um, then the other kids who weren't uh, tagging along with that are the ones who have made uh, really important uh, impact with what they have done with their lives. Now, these kids in Parkland, I hope you'll appreciate this, Dave. These kids in Parkland are theater kids. Theater kids. Of course they know how to speak. Of course they know how to present themselves to the audience. They are very effective. Are they all? All of them. Are, are they all? all really? And in fact, the, the guy David Hogg, who has been kind of the primary right. spokesman and who yeah. is, speaks excellently, uh, he did your role in Fiddler. He played muddle, oh. so. <laughs> oh, I li- I like him even more. I, I I mean, he is one of the the kids that I am following, and to know that now, I I just uh, love him. Oh, even that's more. great. That's great. And his wasn't his dad like a retired FBI yeah. agent or mm-hmm. something? Yeah, I I think that I think that's amazing. You know, but I mean, maybe that's what lent to the whole rights contention that these kids were crisis actors that weren't real Parkland students, but were actors that went around from crisis to crisis speaking uh, that, out. That and um, all of the mythology created by the uh, extreme alt-right uh, media machine that, uh, you know, I, I'm all for sp- free speech, but I don't think that uh, they should get to use the, uh, you know, media platforms to do it. Did you see Alex Jones, is who's like the worst of the of the crop on the right, uh, and that's arguable, of course, um, is being sued. Well, he should be. Why not? And I, I'm surprised it's taken so long. I think they should all be sued. Fox News should be, and somebody is suing Fox News. Actually, I can't remember what that was about, but Fox News. Oh, 
Um, it's the family of the, the it was a Democratic, I, I don't know if he was, I, I don't think he was a representative. I think he was uh, just worked uh, for the Democrats and he was killed. And the Fox News tried to make it into this whole Democratic hush. Yeah, I think I, I saw that. that uh, yeah. So his family is suing Fox News for putting out this false da, message. Da, da, da. Yeah. And, and I was just in the car on the way home today. I'm listening uh, to NPR, and they're doing a story on this troll factory in St. Petersburg, Russia, that is responsible for all the fake news that we, the real fake news that we get on Facebook and, and other uh, social media. I, I, it was really interesting hearing these people who work for the factory and acknowledging that they put fake stories out on Facebook for the election and uh, then saying they, you know, a couple of them said, ah, we know this comes from the Kremlin. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I suppose this has probably happened to you. It's happened to me. People um, who are Facebook friends, a lot of them I don't know very well. They say, oh, you know, they, they connect to me because they know somebody who I know or whatever. I have lost several of the of the Facebook friends and mostly through them unfriending me because when I see these memes, I look at them and like, okay, this is just too bizarre. It it really doesn't follow any kind of logic or, or anything like that. Let me see where it comes from. And it's pretty darned easy to trace it back to Estonia or the Ukraine or St. Petersburg. It, it only takes a couple of clicks to get there. And then when I point it out, when I point it out to these people that they are being influenced by people in Russia... That's when they uh, they block me because no no no, it's all true. One one uh, person actually put up a meme about the dreamers surrounding Trump Tower and throwing rocks and bottles. And first off, I sent a note back said, "Don't you think this would be reported somewhere if that happened? And don't you think the Secret Service would be all over it?" And they said, "Oh, they're too powerful for the Secret Service." I wish that was happening. <laughs> I think they should be throwing stones at, at Trump Tower. Well, I do too. But, you know, the uh, the Dreamer kids, they are here. They Most of them are, are very well educated. Uh, nearly all of them are employed. And they are not in trouble. No criminal records. And so why would they, you know, do something that uh, that could tip them into trouble? I am getting more and more irritated. I have no idea exactly what to do other than contact my representatives, which I've done. But with the actions of ICE, the uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, they are uh, grabbing people for deportation, people who have served in the armed forces, that have green cards that are current, and they're taking them away from their families and deporting them. Now, this is this is not That's, a huge amount of people, but it's enough to really make an impact. They were talking about this on NPR this morning, and it's especially prevalent in in major cities that cities that have you know claimed to be sanctuary cities, especially. But in Boston, the ICE agents are camping out in front of the courthouse, and when people show up for immigration hearings of some sort. They're arrested before they can even get it's in the It's been happening house. all over the country. And, you know, yeah. uh, while it's not new, uh, it, it is 
it has amped up considerably under this administration. The Obama administration deported a lot of people. You can't deny that. But they did it mm-hmm. fairly. They didn't uh, just, like you said, camp out outside of uh, of courthouses or get on buses or get on uh, you know tra- train transportation light rail in various cities and start checking stuff. Here's my uh, border patrol thing. I was touring in a show in the early 1990s, and with the border with patrol. With the border patrol, it's an exciting bunch of guys. Now they. Uh, wow. Now anyway, I had uh, done a performance at a uh, place called the University of Western New Mexico in Silver City, New Mexico, and that's not on any route. So I had to, uh, I, I got there via Amtrak that literally let me off in the middle of the New Mexico desert to be picked up. And then that's how I was picked up. So on my way back to New York, living in New York at the time, we uh, left uh, the El Paso station traveling east. And as soon as they hit the rail limit, uh, the train accelerated to 70 miles an hour. Along about 1 in the morning, I felt the train slowing. I woke up because I didn't know of any stops. I look out the window and thought, oh my God, we, we are being robbed. Because there were like vehicles bouncing along outside the, the train. And it turned out to be the Border Patrol. They got on and they were checking everybody's papers. So when they got to me, I was uh, somewhat pissed off at having been awakened in the middle of the night by the border troll patrol troll works, uh, the border patrol stopping us in the wilderness yeah. of West Texas. And the guy said, I need your, uh, your passport. I said, um, American citizen inside the country? No, you don't get a passport for me. Well, can you prove that you're an American? I said, I can show you my New York driver's license. Well, that's not good enough. Really? What do I need inside America? Well, you need your passport. Uh, you need your birth certificate. So, oh, yeah, like people carry their birth certificates around with them. Don't most people put their birth certificate in a safe deposit box so it doesn't get out and uh, lost and that sort of thing? And I, You know, at my age, I probably need that. <laughs> but anyway, so it ended, I ended up like arguing with these guys for 20 minutes and then telling them that if they did arrest me, they better be prepared to find some other occupation. Now, that was early 1990s. You can't do that now. But I ended up then starting to carry my passport with me throughout the country, and I got a a little plastic replica of my uh, birth certificate from my home state to carry with me as well. And uh, this is 1990s. I thought it's insane then. But, you know, papers, please. We, you know, it's just been announced here. We're one of the few, sta- uh, I guess, one of the few states that's still not to the, the special you don't driver's get, You don't have the little gold now. star on your license. No, yet. not yet. I mean, I have to apply for one. But uh, I, I think it's coming up in January or something where we all have to have it. Or we could be arrested by immigration. And I, I just want to know if these guys coming down the train, did they have German accents? <laughs> there Just are your papers. Papers, please. You need your papers. papers. But but you were saying, what can we do other than uh, contacting our representatives with these poor uh, dreamer kids? And um, I have an idea. Let's hear it. How how uh, many of them what, are there? there? Are, 
something? 600,000 or something? Yeah, so it's like 600,000 of these kids. Um, there are at least 600,000 adults in this country who think what's happening to them is shameful. Why don't we all adopt one? Sounds good to me. If they, if we adopt them, don't they get automatic citizenship? I don't know. You may have to marry them. Uh, that might be, you know, it might be able to be arranged if uh, she's cute. <laughs> if it's a, some guy named Hector, forget it. <laughs> we are almost to the end, Steve. So uh... we are of number nine, and and they. Oh, you see, there's my timer. Uh, my going I can hear the music uh, now. You can hear it. I can't. I can't stop it. Mike. <laughs> Come on, stop. I'm in. I am not in control of my computer. It's like the outer limits, which we can talk about some other time. But. That's been, this has been, I don't know what, this has been Old Guys Bitching. I'm Steve. And I'm Byron. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.